on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, called butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. They were O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh Fitzgerald is coming back inside! Let's have another! Darcy O'Driscoll through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, stamp and score! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined in studio for the Left Wing's Christmas special by Lucas Child. Luke, hello. <laughs> a Merry Christmas to you, William. It's a bit of a premature, but we won't be recording next week. It is Christmas Day, so unfortunately, listeners, you're going to have to spend time with your families rather than listening to our waffle for one Tuesday anyway. But ah, I'm pretty sure they didn't need, it to, uh, need you to help make that decision, Will. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, look... Pretty good year. Always nice to look back uh, at at this point. It's been, I suppose, a little bit of a landmark. Uh, been a lot of fun. Been a lot of fun this year. We've had a lot of interesting guests. And, Finishing uh, off with another good one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like because I think it's a fairly good talking point. We've had lots of different discussions, and I've had lots of different interactions with people on Twitter and stuff about, you know, Northern I, I, I suppose I've made. Well, I've made. Uh, I suppose lots of comments about possibly, you know. There are p- players being reticent from, you know, from Northern Ireland to come down to play in the Republic, um, and the, the and vice versa. So we can ask Jordy Murphy about that in a few minutes. Jordy Murphy, yeah. So and he, and look, he he finished the season so well last year. I know he got off to a bit of an injury at the start of the season, but he looks like he's really finding his form. And um, what have I done? I'm sure that's what he was uh, thinking yeah. at some stage. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ask him about that. But uh, look, really good guy. Uh, do, does it the right way. Uh, he'd be a great teammate as well. Very relaxed. Um, and easy to talk to and tough as old boots as well so um, he's a great bit of business for Ulster I said that at the time uh, and I stand by that I think he's only going to get better and better up there and I think he'll probably the more I saw him on the TV on the weekend on um, BT Sport on BT I'm sure you were seething with jealousy that there was one punchy roll that you couldn't seething. get seething I was so jealous yeah, have you no, been on BT Sport before? I have not been on well air I suppose but that's not fine okay right fair enough oh, you're not giving it to me that's fine <laughs> uh, noted uh, no but look I think he was like he's really good look he looks like he's maturing really really nicely as a bloke and as a player which is obviously natural as you get older but uh, I thought he spoke really really well um, because that must have been an awkward enough one like Leo Leo yeah. arguing at the end I was thinking I was but I was yeah odd. but he dealt with it really really yeah. well and he's, a, he's just a nice guy. I always felt he was a great teammate to play with. Um, and I, I think he's, he's kind of one of those players, he's a really talented guy. He was really talented in school as well. Oh, great uh, school player. He was a brilliant athlete. Yeah, oh, he's an unbelievable Seth athlete and in Conway school. Conway and Mackin all on the same team. That's right. Mm. They were a really, really good team. And um, 
yeah, he's a good guy. Like I always think he's one of those guys. He's kind of possibly at times maybe called for a position because he can kind of do lots of things. Mm. I feel like I, I see a lot of myself in him and in in that sense. In that, you know, we both were kind of possibly at times not never really nailed in a position. I suppose we, I then I ended up on the wing. Jordy's probably ended up really at seven, which I think actually suits his size a little bit better as well. But he can play eight and and he can play six, but I think seven's his best. Well, I'm interested to ask him a bit about what we talked about last week with some players at Leinster who like are they are they happy with just being there, you know, maybe being part of the, the trophy winning campaign overall. Yeah, yeah it's pretty topical, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, it's very topical. So it's actually good to have a moment we can ask him about that. Yeah, well I think like the feedback, I mean, and John Cooney, of course, has only positive things to say about it. We must try and get Marty Moore as well, because it is interesting to get the different viewpoints about how they're getting on uh, up in Ulster. I think we probably get someone, one of the local lads as well on before <laughs> that stage. Um, but they're in a good place. Like I, I, I feel actually, I'm actually delighted for them. Um, you know, because I think, um, you know, I think they've gone through a really difficult period, but it looks like everyone's kind of bedding down a little bit now. I, I still feel like they'll come up a little bit short yet because I still think they're, they're on the journey, but I think they've made some really, really good moves. And actually, they might not come up short. They have lots of quality. Like they're, I mean, the, to back back to get back. Sorry, excuse me. Back to back against the Scarlets is no easy feat. And I think they are not as good as they were last year with Ty Byrne leaving and that. But um, and the year before with Liam Williams going as well. But they're still a really tough outfit to beat. Just before we bring in Jordy Murphy, mm. and it's a bit off topic, but then again, this is the left wing Christmas special. So I was a bit mm. interested to ask you about the Christmas period for rugby players. Obviously, you know. Average punter can do what they want, eat as much turkey as they want, yeah. do as many 12 pubs as they want. I'd imagine it's a completely different existence when you're a professional rugby player. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. You kind of get used to it, you know. But you do. it's funny. I've, it's one of the things I've really loved since I retired, Will, actually, <laughs> uh, is being able to go out and go on the absolute lasher with all the lads who are back for... Uh, you know, back for Christmas because lots of my pals are living abroad, working abroad or whatever. So everyone's usually back for these things. We actually have a few weddings coming up over this little period as well. So it'll be great fun. Uh, and you do miss out a little bit on that as a rugby player. But um, like, look, what's Christmas Day like when you're pre playing professional rugby? I never did the... I, I always just ate. I, I didn't... Like, I, I'm sure everyone's thinking, yeah, look at the stadium now. <laughs> but when I was playing, I was obviously in good shape. And uh, I, I always ate the dinner. I, like, people go on a bit like not... That's do some players not eat Christmas dinner? They just oh, eat they like say they do. a salad, or unless they're they must have miserable families like where they're not actually cooking up. Like I could, there's no way you could turn down my mother's grub. She's an unbelievable cook. There's no way, and actually I wouldn't do it. So I never found like I'd, I'd have I would have had a glass of wine as well. I wouldn't have gone mad now, but it's time spent with your family. Like I've there's five of us in my family, um, and obviously my folks and my cousin obviously is with us as well. Um, every Christmas really, and it's always. Like, there's no way I'd miss that. Mm. Uh, sitting around, having a great chat, catching up. Because everyone's, there's so many of us, we're all doing different things. We don't always get to see each other. So it's a great time just to sit and just be. Would the coaches that, or like the nutritionists be like, now don't eat this on Christmas Day. Don't eat the pudding. You can have turkey, but no stuffing. Or you can have Some this. Some of them might, but sure. How are they going to prove it? You know, maybe with the weight when you come back in. Yeah, I do. Well, <laughs> but DEXA I always hate like, maybe a DEXA scan on, on Christmas Day. No, look. Those things, like you obviously don't completely overdo it. Like, mm. don't get pissed. Like, don't get. Don't have too many sherries. Don't have too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah too much trifle. Uh, <laughs> no, but look, it's a great time of year. I've I've really enjoyed it. It's a tough time of year when you're playing on the twenty sixth or the twenty seventh. Sometimes uh, twenty sixth particularly. Um. So yeah, the Stevens's Day fixture is always a tough one. But other than that, um. It's a great time of year. And the rugby's usually really good because everyone usually comes out for kind of a sport and they're either going to the races mm. in Dublin or they're going to the, if there's a match in the RDS, they'll usually show up in good numbers. So, because, you know, it's usually a, a, an intro. So, it was always, it was good, good as a player, but different. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about because 
we had our work Christmas party last week is what's the rugby Christmas parties like? When do you when do you usually have them? <laughs> Did, I actually, geez, I forgot about that. I never, geez, that's actually well, that's pretty embarrassing. Sorry, <laughs> I never responded to that. Oh, did you get invited? I did. I people did. were asking me, oh, "Is Luke going to be here tonight?" I was like, "I've done it." No, I never. <laughs> no, I did assignments and stuff. I couldn't actually. Oh, go, but yeah, uh, you, you, you snubbed the office Christmas party. I, you my big apologies. Time-less. You big too big. I did not. I'm in college. I actually time-less. didn't. You, you couldn't. Uh, like, listen, the schedules just didn't work. Uh, uh, I didn't even go to my own one in AIB. So there you go. I didn't. I didn't snub. I snubbed everyone. The celebrity uh, guest. <laughs> I snubbed everyone this year. Um, so what are the Christmas? Yeah, the Christmas parties are usually a bit of fun because if you're not playing and sometimes in those ones, they actually will try and get the lads together. More often than not, they usually do it. Um, they usually do it actually after the those back to backs. Sometimes mm. I think uh, I didn't see any. Usually you see a, an Instagram or two. So fancy dress, perhaps. Yeah, or they might do it after the second back. I'm not sure how how exactly they work it, but they're always great fun. Usually do a fancy dress. Mm. So the fancy dress are always great crack because no one really knows you. Do you know for people like I always imagine for people like Drico for, you know, a Leo Cullen, for, you know, Johnny Sex and Sean O'Brien. It was always uh, probably Keen Healy and Jamie. He's the, that, that kind of crowd were, f- like, you know, the big timers, Rob mm. Carney. The, the, the costume was always great because, like, people didn't really recognise who yeah. they were. So you were able to actually have a serious laugh, you know <laughs> what I mean? Because otherwise you're always watching yourself. Exactly, yeah. Um, so the Christmas stories are always chaos. And uh, because everyone's kind of, everyone's usually really fit, they rarely drink. It, there's always a few that completely overdo it as well. So um, that's always a bit of slag and that's worth while. But it's good because... Is it just the players that go? Just the players. So like Leo um, Cullen wouldn't be at the Leinster Christmas party? No, he wouldn't. No, he can't. You couldn't. Sure, no one would be able to relax. Like If you were trying to get in the team, you'd probably be taking that as an opportunity. Look, oh, I'm not drinking Leo yeah. or something. But you have to have everyone muck in same, and have a bit of fun together. It's it's funny. The, the, I, when I started out, I really didn't think those things were important. Well, But the more I think of it, actually... I actually think the, the unity and the bit of fun that you have, the laugh you have afterwards about whoever made a show of themselves or the bit of slagging that went on, those things are actually really important to how a squad gets on. And actually, when you're in the trenches, that bit of tightness together that you have, whether it just be from a bit of slagging, all the best teams I've played on always got on really great. Um, and there was no kind of dissension. Everyone was kind of pulling in the same direction. I always felt it was because... You know, we had a few, we had a few of those things together. Like, we were able to really grind it out for long periods for maybe 10 weeks, no going out or anything. Mm. But then when we did, we had a great fun together and it kind of kept the squad really tight. You know? So do do did the Leinster team, would you have Christmas party fear like the rest of us? Does the normal oh, people? Oh, yeah. I, I still think the office fear is way worse. Like, <laughs> honestly, the things like when you hear like crazy things going on, you're like, what? That, like, how Because you, you got it. Like, it literally, it's such a different office environment as well. Like, you know what it's like in, in, in the office. And obviously I do now. <laughs> but like, you're, you're nine or ten hours like in the, in, like, in the office every day. Like, the things like I was saying, how do you actually look? You know, someone's sitting next to you, you're like, Jesus, what did I say or what did I do? I never get it. I haven't had a bad experience yet. I'm sure I've hopefully got forty years left, and I'm, I'm sure I'll brain it somewhere. But uh, look, it'll be great for like I'm sure they look they'll, they'll have a few tough Christmas fixtures and they'll go and enjoy themselves. But like most people in, in in work, it's good to go out and actually spend a bit of time with each other, um, and not just have it an environment where you're just coming in to work and that's it. You're going home and and collecting a paycheck. To touch on, I suppose, the, the important thing, I suppose, the more important thing is, what did you think about the weekends? Or, you know, the I suppose the back-to-back results for the province as well. Did you, a, any closing thoughts, any of that, while we're moving on to the next little uh, period? The, the, <clears throat> la- the only thing, like, was the, the cynicism from Castry, like some unsavoury mm. instance in that game. The, Poor the enough, slide into Conway, the... The tackle on a man, he was absolutely that was a shocker, outrageous. Wasn't it? I don't know how that was red right, guard. Yeah, yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? That, wasn't was, it? that was the thing that stood out. Wayne Barnes kind of... 
I don't I'm know. Not so, I'm not as convinced that the cocker one that that's actually a gouge. It looked yeah. to me like he just pushed it on the face. Like the brand, like the, 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 the brand's reviewed the tackle and thought it was yellow, so that was a bizarre one. They didn't, they didn't seem to pick up on the slide at the time. They just they weren't really looking at it. I, but I don't think they look at it. Yeah. Do you get, like, well, they were looking at the re- whole thing, so... Like, but it really, they were only looking for the knock-on. That's what I'm saying. Like, so yeah. they didn't really pick up on it, even but I though find that amazing. it was clear as day, like... Like you can't, you can't go like so. So I mean, someone. It's funny. Do you know when you're talking? I was interacting with someone on Twitter, and they were like, "But Conway goes down knees first. I was like, "Well, you can't actually like, you can't like unless you're going downward motion into someone with your knees. Like it's not really an aggressive motion. He's, you can see him. He kind of slips, and he's on his knees to collect it. But he's not like going in knees first. Like do you know what I mean? Like your man actually goes in for a slide tackle. Um, I thought it was it was a it was a poor challenge to say the I, least. I thought it was a really poor challenge. Uh, I thought it was like, and I see it happen a good bit. People trying to stop, uh, you know, guys getting a try, uh, because they can't get there with their upper, or they're too afraid to put their upper body on the line because you might get hurt. Um, they go in with their feet. I think it's really bad form, actually. To be honest, I think it's kind of a. It shouldn't master what was a poor Munster performance, you know. The yeah, missed there kicks, was tricky, the, There was yeah. a lot of little discipline as well. Like, Niall Scannell gave away two very poor penalties as well. He got simbined as well. Like it's, it, uh, but I've... It's, do you know what? It's it's been a pet peeve of mine with, with Munster for a long time. I actually felt Leinster... Give away a lot of pen, stupid penalties. So. But they have for a long time. They had this... I think they have a little bit of a mentality down there. I, I remember... They kind of, it's the, do you know the kind of cute horrorism yeah. thing down there? They're trying to be a little bit too cute. Like get Peter away Classy with things. And, and payday or something. I, I, sorry. And I always remember, like, the, the guys... like. It's, Actually, a great player now. Like, don't get me wrong, but I always thought Quinny and that kind of like there was a few on that team that were always trying to get away with something. Mm. And we, I thought one of the big one of the big differences from from Leinster and how we got way more consistent. And you think you see it with Ireland now as well with Joe Schmidt was actually the move away from that. Like, it's like he'd actually pull you up for trying to for trying to get an edge somewhere like that, an edge that wasn't legal. Um, and I actually think it's a big disadvantage. I kind of think Munster still have a little bit of that. They like to get away with one. I, st- mm. I think they need to just go, look, that we're too good. Like, if they're going to score, if the team are going to score, they're going to score. Like, let's not make this job any easier than well, it has to thing, be. Like, the mall was going towards <clears throat> the line and scandalous right in front of Brands just dove at the feet and took some. But then out. you're, t- see, yeah. it's 10 minutes of the game that you're in a really tight game where you're down numbers. And they had a few guys, Sinbin and stuff. So, mm. like, you, you, like, there was opportunities if you had 15 men to wear them down. Like, oftentimes people say, oh, you know, we took, we, you know, we got away with one there. And, uh, like, I, look, I think there's probably a case that could be made if it's like in the last five minutes of the game, you're on your line, you just, it's all, it's defend at all costs there, really. But, um, I think if the ref if the if the game is refereed correctly, I don't think it's actually ever worthwhile. Really, I think you should always try and have fifteen people on the pitch. So, um, yeah, look, I think there's maybe a little bit of room for for improvement there for for Munster. I think they don't need to get an edge. I actually think they're really they've they've got a really nice team coming together. I think the coaching staff are in a good place. I feel like that's the last little bit. Joey, look, he's gonna have these days where where he's still finding his feet. Uh, I'm not so worried about him. I think he's a really classy rugby player. And he's got lots of good guys around. The pack is, is, is humming along nicely. So I think when Murray's settling, Mary Murray's only just coming back as well. I thought he had won that. I think the quick tap was a bit, it was uncharacteristic. Usually he's really solid uh, mm. decision maker. I thought that wasn't a great one, but like, he's all class. Murray's just, that. obviously, you know, he's in the top two scrum halves in the world, I think. Um, so we know what, we, what we'll get from him. I think Joey is still going to learn the trade. You know, and just a word on Leinster before we bring in uh, Jordy Murphy. Not a whole lot to take from the game. They absolutely obliterated Bath, especially in the first half. Played some great rugby as well. Yeah, they did. Uh, the conditions were were were, were poor. Well, yeah, yeah. Anything standing out to you from that game? Really? I thought the rooking was better. I thought the see, even though the see the the wreck is actually a wetter pitch. It's a heavier pitch because right next to the river, um, in 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 the town there. So um, 
it's always I've never been there and it's been a really hard track maybe one pre-season game like year like 2008 or something maybe uh, but other than that it's always been kind of heavy and muggy and the weather was re- was even worse there it's more exposed to the elements than in a big big stadium like the Aviva where the pitch is fast so you don't feel the weather as much there but I thought the week before it was interesting to hear Leo Cullen talking about it like I thought Bath's line speed was unbelievable I did think they were offside quite a bit but they suffocated Leinster and it made it really difficult I think the conditions played a part as did the pitch but um, I thought Leinster dominated the contact they went out to do that I thought and once they do that and they're beating you up in the tight exchanges there's just too much quality there's Johnny Sexton makes too many consistently good decisions um, that put you under pressure all the time to make good decisions defensively one bad decision I feel like he finds it and the team find it very well because all the forwards are really good handlers so the ball always gets to places where someone's switched off um, and they've lots of guys who are you know, they've good footwork, they're strong, powerful, they're hard to take down. So if you switch off for a second, Leinster are very difficult to contain, especially when they have momentum, which I thought they did get. The rooking was a lot better as well. I thought I was very happy for Rory O'Loughlin. I thought Rory O'Loughlin was good. Another person who's come on the show and then his form has just skyrocketed <laughs> afterwards. So let that be known uh, to all the players out there. The yeah, Midas touch. The Midas touch is not wrong, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, it was good. I, I was delighted for him because, you know, he's kind of maybe taken a back seat the last while um, and he's a lovely rugby player. Um, so it was good for him uh, delighted for him and I thought lots of people played well so it was good I thought Jordan Norman was very good um, in, in Rob Carney's absence um, I think Rob looks like he's kind of played himself back into being maybe indispensable but um, interesting to see how that goes at Leinster whether that's still the case thought Adam mm. Byrne was good as well mm. he's had a tough period it was a great take great um, try yeah Shane Horgan and Croke Park-esque I thought yeah it was it was great wasn't it it was really good so look they're in a good place uh, Munster a few bits to, to tidy up on um, Connacht had a good win um, you know they're going they're chugging along quite nicely as well Ulster great back to backs that's mm. really big for them you know I think even if they don't go on to qualify I think um, they'll get a lot of confidence from that you know I think Henderson now a bit worried that he they've, they've, they've lost him you know he's a big catalyst for them they need carriers and he's their big carrier in the pack Um so he's a huge loss for them. So, um, you know, we'll see how they manage that. Hopefully he might be back quicker, but sure. It looks like that's kind of set in stone. That, that, is it eight weeks? It looks yeah, like. eight, at least eight, I think. At least eight, yeah. So that's a bit of a, a blow to them, but they're in a good place. So, uh, and they'd be very difficult to beat in the Kingspan. And we have a man on the line now. We can talk to you just about that. Delighted to be joined by Ulster and Ireland back row, Jordy Murphy. Jordy, thanks so much for joining us. No worries, lads. Thanks very much for having me on. And it's been a pretty eventful couple of weeks for you uh, up in Ulster. Two huge wins in the Champions Cup over Scarlets. And I know I'd, maybe you shouldn't read too much into a photo, but, you know, us journalists like to do that kind of thing. Like, after, I think, Ian Henderson's try, the emotion that you were showing, it could have well been back in your Leinster days when you were playing for your hometown province. You've obviously integrated really well and really quickly. Though. You've forgotten us, haven't you? <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. No, I think I've, uh, I've just adapted to life really well up here. Um, it's made really easy by by the group of lads that I'm kind of playing with and the coaching staff and just the general public really have been have been really welcoming to me now over the last few months and you know like it was a tough couple of weeks at the start obviously some results weren't really going our way and it was just I suppose culmination of all of that to to kind of I suppose when Handy went over for the try um, it was just a really good feeling we've been in kind of there. They're 22 for a few minutes and weren't really getting much rewards and just kind of known how important it was to get the ball rolling because we'd done such a good job the week before away at Parky Scarlet's to kind of get the first try um, against them at home and hope to try and back up a bonus point win with another one this week. Um, no, it was just a good feeling. I think the emotions got the better of me and 
few of the cameramen in the back managed to catch it as well. So, ah, uh, well, look, it's great to see. And look, you you do seem like you've uh, you've settled up. All like all I'm really seeing, I suppose, all, what I'm basing that on is social media. Pretty sad. Yeah. That's the sad reality of life now. But. That uh, is the way <laughs> But look, it is great to see. Uh, I mean, it was a big move um, initially when you went up. And I suppose you probably would have had those discussions about heading up with Les Kiss probably, did you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it would have been Les Kiss and John O'Gibbs at the time, both coaches that I would have uh, obviously had uh, quite a bit of time with. John O'Gibbs at Leinster for about four years and then Kissy with Ireland for probably the guts of three or four years as well. So... Um, yeah, it was a strange one because obviously at the time I was under the impression that they were going to be there when I when I rocked <laughs> up about six months after making the final decision. But look, like at my my decision was made, I suppose around November December this time last year. It just kind of came to a crossroads in the career, and I wasn't really getting selected a lot uh, at Leinster, especially when it came to those big kind of Champions Cup weekends and. You know yourself as a player, Luke. Yeah. Like it's it's tough to be left out of those. Um, I was never left like, out, Jordy. Hang on, hang on a second here. We're talking about you, man. <laughs> I'm only the messing. I'm only messing. But, no, you're dead right. Sorry, go on. You're making a good like, point there. Like obviously, like it's great to play uh, for your team at any time, but like the ones you really, really want to be involved in are those big European weekends. And it just came to a point where I was seeing a bit more of the bench or even not being involved at all than kind of getting the starts and, uh, just having a few discussions with the coaches and stuff. I just thought at that time that maybe after however long I'd been at Leinster, it was probably time for me to move on. And, there was obviously a couple of factors in that. It was uh, wanted to get a bit more regular game time, especially like in those European Cup mm-hmm. Cup weekends, like I touched on. And then, obviously, looking looking away from Leinster, it was with Ireland. I, I wasn't I wasn't selected last year in the November international window because obviously I just hadn't played enough, and that was one of the things that Joe said. It was like I'd played a couple of the. Um, the league games but not so much the big European games which if if international coaches are comparing anything to international rugby they're probably talking about those top European games as well so um, it was just one of those things when I had a look around I, I looked abroad to the UK and then a bit around Ireland and I suppose with the with the Rugby World Cup on the horizon and just the way it's kind of playing out where players Irish players playing outside of the island of Ireland aren't aren't uh, really included in in uh, international um, selection these days. It was kind of a it was a no brainer. After maybe a week or two of thinking about going abroad, I I kind of decided I was going to stay in Ireland and just chatting with again. Sorry, I'm going back. I'm kind of ranting on here. Back <laughs> to, no, mate. This is the, this is what this is for. This is the perfect forum for you to do that you rant away my friend i do it every week seriously i've been doing it every week Fair for two enough. years <laughs> for two years you've been doing it as long as i've known you <laughs> but yes yeah, so sorry going back to yeah just chatting to to les kiss and john gibbs and it just kind of felt like the right fit for me i'd obviously had plenty of uh, games against ulster in in a blue jersey going up the road and they're always those kind of attritional um pretty physical affairs and the uh the fans up here in ulster uh can be can be pretty pretty hot uh 
and have you and when it comes down to those big games so I was looking forward to actually having them on my side from from then on so no it was it was it was a tough decision but it was made easier by chatting to those guys and Jordy, I read a quote you gave when you discussed the move earlier in the season where you said that you asked some hard questions of the coaches and some hard questions of yourself like what did you look inwards and, and ask yourself about you know a possible move were you thinking like am I happy with you know, staying with Leinster, my hometown team, and being part of that culture, but maybe not, and winning trophies, but maybe not playing week in, week out, or what? Or what kind of stuff did you did you look at? Well, like you've you've touched on it there. Really, it was kind of a decision of whether I was happy enough to to just be there and just be in the picture, but just more in the background. And like like I had been at Leinster for six or seven years, so I suppose um, in a way I was in my comfort zone. Like I'd never really lived outside of the bubble of South Dublin, like I'd woken up every day, headed into UCD, done my done my bits and then headed home and I didn't really know anything outside of that. So that was one of the things as well. I know it's only two hours up the road, but it technically is a different country and it, it's a different environment and different things go on every day. And um, so that was one of the things that obviously was playing on my mind and um, that I had to decide on. And then as well, whether whether I was happy to be um, no disrespect to 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 the Pro 14, but just was I happy to basically be just purely a Pro 14 player where I was always looked upon and selected for for the away games and say Italy and Wales and stuff like that. But when it came down to a big fixture against a French side or an English side in the Aviva, was I was I less likely to be selected in the position I was in at Leinster at the time? So. They were the kind of questions I was asking myself. And then again, touching upon the international duty, like obviously I still have aspirations to play for my country. I think any rugby player in their prime or during their career really feels like that's that's uh, where they want to get to. And I'd, I'd had quite a bit, quite a taste of that over the last few years. And then it kind of, it started getting away from me. So I was trying to figure out a way to kind of get myself back in a position where I could um, be involved with Ireland a bit more. And in terms of, I suppose, heading up to Ulster, and I mean, at the at the point that you would have made the decision, like it was a really, really difficult environment for various reasons. Uh, team wasn't, you know, was probably underperforming, was having some difficulties, you know, a little bit of bad luck, uh, you know, injuries to 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 big players within the squad. Could see, I suppose, the standout one. Um, like you're looking at the picture, like were you thinking, geez, I can make a big impact there, and I'll be able to stand out? Uh, was that kind of did that factor into your, into your, I suppose, mind when you're making that decision? Where you're kind of coming from, Leinster, who are playing, who are playing really, really great at the time. They'd obviously lost in two semi-finals the year before, but obviously they go on to do great. But you could feel like something was coming last season. Um, mm-hmm. Did you feel like that was like I always I was looking at it and I was thinking, like why would you go up? Uh, that was one of the first things I thought myself. Did you think that yourself, that you were like, I can make a big impact there? Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I've always felt like if I can get a run of games and kind of uh, feel like my rugby's going well, I can make an impact in any team I play in. But uh, mm-hmm. look, obviously, the, there was a lot of things out of my control that happened in Ulster last year. I suppose it was one of those years where it was just a perfect storm. Like you said, there was a lot of injuries, obviously a lot of things behind the scenes um then obviously uh the, a lot of uh, the coaches leaving and stuff like that so they they went through a very tough year for a number of reasons last year but that was one of the things once I'd made my decision at the time is 
it hadn't really blown up to that extent, really, on all fronts. And once the decision was made, it was made. And look, there was maybe once or twice where I was thinking, God, what, what's going on up there? But I kind of just thought, look, it's one of these things. It's it's go, it's going to pass on eventually. And um, like like has kind of been seen in the last while now that a lot of the things have been put to bed and there's been um, the new coaches in and they've managed to kind of put a bit of structure and stability in the place and bring their own philosophies to to the table and there's just uh, real enthusiasm amongst the squad now and I think that helps any player especially myself to be in an environment where uh, everyone really strives to do their best every single day and that's an infectious thing and that's definitely helping me now like I'm I'm feeling pretty good at the moment like there's definitely more I can give and more I hope to give in the next while but for the moment being, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. So hopefully, may that continue. And it's funny how things can work, Jordy. Obviously, you mentioned earlier that like a big part of your reason to move up was to be in those big Champions Cup days. And then once the move is announced, a couple of injuries happen in the Leinster back row. You're into the team. You're playing great rugby. The team win the Champions Cup. You get into the Ireland setup in the 23 for the Grand Slam as well. It, mm. It's just funny how things can work like that. You know, who know? You never know what's going to happen. I know, well, that's the thing about rugby, isn't it? It's just one week to the next. And I suppose, in a way, once I'd made the decision, the pressure was off me. Um, just, like, thinking about contracts and things like that, like, the, the decision was made, and I knew where, where my path lay in six months' time, but I didn't know what the next six months would be like. So I was able just to purely concentrate on my rugby and look like like the way rugby is. There was a couple of injuries to a couple of people, and I got an opportunity, and... Luckily, I managed to grab that with both hands. And like uh, Lukey touched upon there a few minutes ago, like Leinster kind of been bubbling away for the last couple of years and uh, really felt like we we were in a good place to do something. Um, and finally, that all came together last year. And look, I, I couldn't have asked to have left on on a better note going out with a double. Like I'd, I'd never personally been um, involved in winning the Champions Cup. Like I'd seen... Obviously, quite a few of the boys winning three a few years before me, and even the 2012 one. I was in the um, I was in the academy for, so I didn't. I obviously wasn't in the senior squad, so I didn't feel that close. But this time, obviously, it was it was pretty incredible to get a good run of games leading up to that, and then obviously playing in the final and then getting to lift it uh, was was pretty special. And it's it's kind of it's an interesting way you put it because. When I was looking at him, I was thinking, Jesus, I mean, he's been, you, I, I just thought you had such a good run in and you're, you're kind of touching it there. Obviously, you can't be uh, that honest about it, but I just thought you just had, a, you're one of Leinster's best players towards the end of last season. Was there a part of you thinking, oh, <laughs> like, what have I, what have I done here? Like, I, I think I'm like, you were on merit, like you were on merit in the team, like towards the end of last season. Was that, uh, did that cause any doubt or anything about the move up I, I, I thought of myself watching I'm saying I wonder is Jordy saying Jesus like Ulster where are, they, where are they coming from they mightn't even have Dan McFarland in by Christmas there was talk of I'm just I'm just I'm just starting like I'm, I'm playing brilliant rugby here I actually thought probably some of your best rugby of your whole career like did you have any of those doubts um, well, that was one of the things. A lot of people were asking me that question. But again, I'm very much of the opinion, like I'd made my decision. It was out of my control. I was, at the time I, uh, that I made the decision, I was 100% sure it was the right one. And since then, I've always been 100% sure it's been the right one because it was it was just the way life was for me at that at that particular moment. And again, I like I touched on it, it was, you don't know what happens week 
week to week in rugby and it just happened that I managed to get an opportunity and managed to make the most of it at the time. But uh, no, like I, since I've come up here, I've been nothing but happy to be here. And like, I think even in the last few weeks has kind of um, hit home even more the fact that I'm I'm glad I, I I made the decision to probably step outside of my comfort zone, even though, again, I, I'm saying it's only about two hours up the road and I've been up to Belfast before, but just to kind of get outside the bubble and the comfort zone that I was in, um, I've uh, no, I'm I'm delighted, delighted. I've made the decision, and at the time I wasn't thinking about that. I was more just happy about the fact that I was involved and winning, winning trophies with uh, with my boyhood club. So, yeah, and you you mentioned that it is a very short drive, I guess, up to Belfast, but two very different cultures. And I know, uh, as Luke, you've talked before about how you know some players playing for Leinster, Munster, and Connacht are a bit apprehensive, maybe, about moving up to Belfast and going up to that. I guess environment. A, d- a different country, as Jordy says. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> what's going yeah. on, man? You really bought in, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, was, like Jordy, did you find was there any part of you that was a bit apprehensive about moving up to Belfast, living in that environment? Obviously, it's a lot different to, to what you'd be used to down in Dublin. Um, well, yeah, it was definitely one of one of the things that played on my mind for maybe a couple of minutes, but then I kind of just thought about. Uh, the kind of the guys that I've played with before that are from Ulster, um, great people and really good friends. And then obviously had a, uh, sorry, also had a chat with um, John Cooney, who'd been at Leinster and Connacht and had the previous year gone up to Ulster. And I had a good chat with him, and he just said how how good the people were, how friendly they were, and like any sort of um, any. Well, I suppose you you were saying earlier on that it's been one of those things that players may from the other provinces may not have moved up there before in the past, but he said he didn't see why anyone would have ever had an issue really going up. It, it, it's, it's a great place and they, uh, they, they love their rugby up here. My God, they've got some pretty diehard fans. So that's kind of what you want every weekend when you're going out is to, to be assured that there's going to be about 15,000 plus people to be playing for and that they're all buying into it every week. So look, I, I'm, it may have crossed my mind for a minute or two. I wonder why more people don't go up, but then the more I thought about it, it just didn't make sense to me. It's an interesting one that the, the point you make, Will, because I mean, I would never have considered going up, but it's really funny. Like, you know, whenever you're in, in a, you're in Irish camp, like some of like the Irish teams, like, it's an interesting point you make, Jordy, because when I really th- step back and think about it, um, some of the best and most passionate supporters that we have, like they'd be, you, people would show up to the training sessions all the time. They're Ulster supporters, you know, like it's, mm. it's, it's, and it's kind yeah. of a weird one. Like, I mean, I know, um, I suppose, like, as I would say, I would have had an apprehension going up. Like, I had one or two, I had one or two incidents in the crowd when I was sitting on the bench. Well, I was sitting on the bench, Jordy, can you believe it? Uh, for Leinster up in Ravenhill. <laughs> uh, a few comments, uh, like, back in the day and I always just thought that left a bad taste but really when I think about it they were a few just one or two bad apples um, exactly. and I think actually when I really think about it actually the, the Ulster players that I played with actually got on really really well so I can I, I can see your point of view on it I suppose I hadn't seen many people do it 
and do it well going both ways. Bar maybe Isaac Boss probably, but he's a New Zealander, of course. So, um, yeah, like it's it's an interesting one. Like, do you think that, that that like with Marty Moore there as well? You know, John Cooney just said like I think I I think Marty Moore is a really good piece of business. I think he just needs to get a few games under his belt. I'm really looking forward to seeing him hopefully progress up there. But like, I think it could be a, like a more realistic option, especially with Ulster at the moment where. I think they are looking for. There's still it's still a project for me. I still think while they're, they've gone really good the last couple of weeks, I still think there's more in the journey to go for them to really release, realize their potential. Um, I think they got the right coaches in and all that as well. So, I, I think there's it, it. You guys going up, I think, could open the door for more people going up. What do you think, Jordy? Do you think that's it could be like a trailblazer in that, uh, and from yeah, that kind well, of point I, of view? I, I'd certainly hope so. Yeah, look, like it's if. Like I can only speak positively of it so far. Um, really been enjoying my time, and like obviously the new coaches and new players that have come in with me as well. It's been helpful that we've all been able to do it together. But then, like everyone's just been so good um, and kind of welcomed me with such open arms, and it's they're nothing but positive up here. Like obviously, uh, we talked about it earlier that a tough time last year on and off the pitch but I think everyone's moved on from that and it's it's a really ambitious group and it's really exciting as well like when I came up here I wouldn't have known that much about the academy guys because maybe not so many had come through in the previous couple of years but there's some really really exciting talent coming through at the moment and some guys that we would have seen in the first few weeks like Mikey Larry, the 15 Eric O'Sullivan who's just played two back-to-back uh, Champions Cups is phenomenal player um oh, there's adam mcburney just so many that i can name angus kernan loads what loads about of aaron sexton aaron sexton seems aaron to be Sexton's some prospect yeah, that fella's not even left school yet <laughs> he's already tearing it up for the a's if only he could play for the seniors i don't think he's allowed yet that's the thing so, um like look it, it's it's really really exciting and like i think i suppose the talk for the last maybe five or six years has been the Leinster Academy and how many people they're producing all the time, but and they they probably they obviously have been ahead of the curve on many of the other academies around the country. But I think the the rest of the provinces are catching up now, and I think we're we're only going to see the best of them now in the next few years. And the ones that I see day in day out training here are really really exciting and kind of keep you keep you on your toes because you're thinking this young fellow is coming in nineteen or twenty. I've never heard of him, but he's. He's been doing some incredible training in the last few weeks, so it's uh, it's a good place to be. And just speaking of the training, uh, I'm really interested to see to hear about the the Ulster players or the view from the Ulster players about Dan McFarlane and maybe some of the new ideas that he's, I suppose, been trying to implement. You talked earlier on about you know them kind of implementing their philosophies. Is there anything that you've kind of really picked up really quickly off Dan that he's really hard on? I've only heard good things about him as a coach. I only. He was the Ireland A coach and I was playing, but I thought he was excellent. How is how is he, how is he has he got off to a good start? And what's the philosophy like up there at the moment, Jordy? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, he he really has it. Look, I, it's one of those things. He said wants to come in and play an exciting brand of rugby, which is every kind of player's dream, really. And um, we want to play quickly, and uh, we want to be an ambitious team, not a team that just kind of struggles through games and doesn't really have an identity we want to have an identity of our own people to be able to watch us and be like oh that's that's some quality play there from Ulster and um we like we just want a challenge for 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 trophies which probably is one of the things that Ulster have been lacking obviously in the last few years like there's there's always been intent but they just haven't managed to 
to get there quite yet. But he's uh, he's really come in and he sets the standards really high. I, I suppose is kind of in the mould of um, of Joe Schmidt in a way. This uh, just our standards in training are have been brought up another level or two since he's come in and. Um, it's just all about the finer small details and um, I really think it's starting to pay off like I, I touched upon earlier at the start of the season we had a, a bit of a mixed bag of results um, but that's that's down to I think just obviously um, not so much cohesion between kind of coaches coming in and some new players and a, a mix of players leaving last year and stuff so these things take time and hopefully now we're, we're uh, receiving the benefits of it and uh, hopefully we can keep taking steps forward every every week. And from your own perspective, Jordy, have you had a bit of a shift in mindset, you know, being up in Ulster? Obviously, when you were at Leinster, you were one of maybe five or six international quality back rows. You you know, you'd all get a bit of game time here and there. Now, I guess you're the go-to guy up at Ulster. You're like an Ireland international. You were one of their big signings. So I guess a lot of it is expected of you rather than maybe just fitting into a really good team. You have to be the one to lead the charge. Like, Has that made you change the way you approach training, matches, the whole thing? Um, no, well, it's definitely one of the things that I thought about coming up here. I thought, right, look, this is obviously at Leinster. It's one of those things from any time there's an international squad, you could have close to 20 fellas in the squad, you know, whereas here at Ulster, there mightn't be as many like like in the other provinces. So I kind of thought, well, look, I've, I've got a bit of international experience and obviously played for Leinster quite a number of times. And coming up here, I thought that was one of the things that I could probably bring to the table was some leadership qualities and just a bit of a bit of experience that I could hopefully add and help the team go forward. And so I've definitely tried to tried to chirp up a bit more in in meetings and kind of have my standards at a very high level so that people around me um, can I suppose uh, can kind of see can kind of see what it takes to to have played for for Ireland and to have been successful with it with a different team and hopefully I can bring that to here. And does it add any extra pressure when you are maybe one of the go-to guys in the team versus where you're part of it as a really strong collective? Um, no, I don't think so. I think it's it's if anything, it's probably a privilege just to to be able to feel that people want want to be led by you and um, want to kind of want to kind of follow you in, in into battle every week. So um, no, it's de- it's definitely a privilege if if I have to think about it in any way. It's definitely a privilege. And you talked about a kind of a battle every week. Uh, one of the big changes for me this year has been, um, well, well, I think Jared Payne looks like he's had a massive impact in your defence, and mm. definitely, I feel like the the squad it has it, you kind of wore it a bit on your shoulder there. Um, I thought over the last kind of th- those back to backs against Scarlets, it went up another level. Um, mm. You know, the weather wasn't great in either game, but you guys seemed to grind it out with some great kind of individual hits. They all lift the team, but it looks to me like everyone's kind of bought into a philosophy and maybe the philosophy is bedding down amongst the group now. Is that is that the feeling? Because, I, I I mean, we all, we play, I obviously play with Jared as well. Very, very smart rugby player, but I mean, has he been able to implement that strategy and, and are people kind of understanding what he wants out of you a bit more? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you nailed it on the head there when you said it, it's one of those things he's been saying it from the start of the season but it sometimes it just takes a while for everyone to be singing off the same hymn sheet and you knew Jared yourself played with him plenty of times that 
he's he's it's it's mad how seeing him go from a player straight into coaching and it's been so seamless for him and it's probably one of those things when you look back he probably could have been a defense coach or he tried to be anyway when he was playing you know he was so vocal on the pitch and um things like that so no he he's he's been really impressive and uh it's great to have him on board you know because he's again a familiar face someone that I would have known before and uh, it was great to be able to come in and and uh kind of be able to chat to him from the start and I I really think we're we're reaping the benefits now in the last while and does he have it like in terms of uh you know different defense coaches do different things you know they like does he pick a tackler of the week does he do um like is he relentless on the technique with you all the time or is he kind of just working with you as a unit I, I always remember Kurt McQuilkin and Leinster used to pick out you know, used to have an individual group maybe maybe six guys and used to work on them individually you know once or twice a week on all your technique is he that kind of coach or is he more about the collective no, it's definitely, it's, uh, well, sure, we have our reviews at the start of the week and obviously some things are highlighted positively and some things that could be better, like like any team. But he's he's one of those coaches that you can go up to any time and talk to and say, look, I want to work on this certain thing. And straight away he'll say, yeah, perfect, look, we'll fit a 10-minute slot after pitch today. And he'll come to you then after the pitch and have like one or two drills that you could do um we sometimes we sometimes can do little clinics um upstairs in the gym and stuff obviously not too physical on that floor but you know those kind of things where you're just uh trying to improve the whole time and if he thinks that there's if you haven't uh thought of anything and he thinks that there's something that you could work on he'll definitely come and find you and it's all about problem solving and just getting better for the collective so no i think i think uh, he's very good in that way and Jordy, we might ask you a couple of questions about Ireland now. Obviously, you were involved in boat wins against the All Blacks, you know, last November and in Chicago. It really does feel like the team has taken a big jump between then and now. How, do, you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, Chicago was amazing. Um, just obviously one of those days in Irish rugby history. But then two weeks later, they came over and um, wasn't backed up, and they they probably just physically imposed themselves on on Ireland um on that day and it was it was a tough one to take so that was definitely playing on the back of people's minds and um it's one of those things like we'd beaten them before but we hadn't beaten them on Irish soil so it's definitely one that we had our eye on from a few months back and um like you only have to look at the game to to see that the physicality levels were really through the roof and uh you could for 80 minutes there was just it was just relentless and it was it was just amazing to be part of it to be honest um another big day in Irish rugby history and just to uh yeah just to be part of part of such a such a good game and such a good squad effort and it wasn't just the 23 that were there it was like that week there was really that extra bit of venom and training and the emotions and the physicality was heightened and it really it really was brought into the game and managed to get the job done on the day. And I suppose we can't really touch on that little period without mentioning that that injury you got. Um, mm. I mean, was it? Was it was a rough, I'm, I'm going to say it was seven months out. Was it? Uh, I was ten altogether. Was it ten altogether? Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm always I'm always interested in this. I suppose I'm probably thinking about my own career. Maybe it reflects my own views on it. But I'm always interested to hear. Like, how did you get through that period? So obviously, you, you know, you, you've no choice. You've got to get the surgery done to fix it. What was your mindset like about that? I mean, were you, did you get in that, like, just a, like, almost like a, a robot where you're just kind of in every day, grinding, focused, or 
was there difficult times during that where you're kind of you lost a bit of faith in it or you were kind of saying geez I'm really fed up with this it's not working out things are going a bit slower than maybe I thought they would have did you like, how did you how did you get through that period and talk to us a little yeah. bit about that um yeah it was a, it was a strange one I suppose I kind of just within 24 hours of it decided right I was like I'm going to be out for between six to nine months here that's what I was told and I was like right I can either be sulking and feeling sorry for myself and blaming everyone around me for the next six to nine months or else just take the most positive view I could of it. And that's what I, I feel like I did anyway. I It was small things like going back to the drawing board. Like, for example, um, I had quite a bit of groin niggling stuff and shoulders and I just thought, right, well, I can get those nailed down now while I'm out um, and come back fully fresh. Then there was college, which I'd probably been tapping along with for about seven years and not fully finishing it. <laughs> Van Wilder. Like, right, well, I know, dear, you're not too far off. <laughs> I'm, man, I'm still in college. <laughs> I'll be in college with my kids, man. Jeez, at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but th- that was that was one of those things. I had yeah. another year left of that. So I was like, right, well, it's whatever it was, November. I was like, right, we can we can just finish that off and just have that that checked away and that was one of the things I just did was delve into college and finally managed to get that done and just uh I also had a lot of help from Carl Denver who who you'd know of course yeah, Lukey yeah. um just such a positive fella and you like when someone works so hard for you like I must have spent like honestly three hours one-on-one a day with him every single day he'd come in on the days off as well sometimes and 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 help me out and when you kind of see someone working so hard for you it kind of drives you to work hard for yourself as well. So I'd be forever thankful to him for for the invaluable work that he did. Um, and yeah, it was just it was just one of those things. Like it just it it was it was long. Like it, I suppose when it came into the first couple of months were were grand. I kind of accept. But then after a while, like people start forgetting that you're injured and stuff and they stop asking you oh, how you are and they're, they're probably the tough ones because they kind of just you've been injured for so long at this stage that it's like everyone oh, just thinks you're just again, not getting so. picked yeah, yeah I've, been, exactly. I've been i've been that so, soldier um, i've been that soldier um so there was there was a few periods where uh, sure you get your downs but um no look i i always i always knew there was going to be light at the end of the tunnel it's just uh some days it looked a bit further away than others but Look, it, it, it took its time. It was one of those things as well. Like I was back running after about seven, seven or so months. And then the end of the season probably would have been around the, the eight, eight and a half month mark. But sure. No, then, yeah, no point risking it for, yeah. There's yeah, no yeah, point in yeah, risking yeah, it at yeah. that stage. So then we just left it off. And look, it probably helped to, to have left it that much longer, you know? Yeah, so, look, I did, I did the same. Myself. I think it's a wise, in the long term, with, with with so much of your career left, I think if you were later in your, your career, you might take the chance with those big games. Uh, yeah. But I think as it turned out last season, you saw how, how well he came back. It, it looks like it was a, a very wise decision, even though they can be tough at sometimes to let some of the big games go. Talk to us a little bit about, so you touched on the college work there, and I suppose I'm always interested in this part of it. Like, what what do you what do? you do? Like, Have you any interests outside, or is there anything that's kind of, you know, bubbling along in the background in terms of maybe an interest in what you might do when you're finished playing. I know you still have a good long way to go yet, but I'm always interested to hear this. And I know some of the guys in Ulster, like Darren Cave, you know, he has a little business on the side, I think, as well. Um, like, is there anything that you do on the side that you that, with a view to maybe doing after your, your, your rugby career? 
Uh, there's nothing that I really kind of knocked on the head yet. Like I, I fin- my my degree is quite broad. It was uh, just business studies, uh, degree in business studies. So I think something along the business lines. Like there, I've been looking at a few little bits. Like obviously, um, Owen Redden and Dominic Ryan and a few of those boys would have been gone on and looked at a bit of the aviation industry, and that always kind of looks quite cool from afar and stuff so i've kind of had had a bit of a read up on that and maybe that's something that i'd like to get into in the future um business wise i haven't really been involved in in anything yet no coffee shops anyway or, <laughs> or bars but uh, uh sure i'm always open if someone wants to <laughs> i might it's, sell myself here you're doing a good job that's <laughs> uh, man yeah um, no it's it's one of those things yeah. i suppose that kind of if if there was anything on in dublin before i'd left that about coming up here maybe put the brakes on it for a while but it, no it's definitely one of the things that i'll uh i'll be looking to do now you know i'm i'm closer to 30 now than i am to 20 so i'm gonna have to start thinking about things to do Um i hope to play for for a little bit longer anyway but it's it's nice to have uh something kind of tucked away that you can mm. you can kind of look to when you're when you're done and just to continue on the on the off the field stuff you mentioned how it was a new experience for you to leave kind of south dublin and that and that little bubble you were in how have you found us living in belfast you know the, the all the off the pitch stuff yeah brilliant look it's uh I, I i've been explaining this to people in a way it's kind of it's like a much more manageable dublin in a way it's like a lot smaller and it doesn't take you longer than kind of 15 minutes to get anywhere so um, and the like, the first second day I was in here, there was a few boys moaning about traffic, and I was like, lads, I was in the car there for ten minutes. There could, couldn't be traffic. And they're like, oh, that's traffic for up here. So I was like, right, happy it, days. It's, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not the thirty-five, forty-minute commute from from Black Rock at the wrong time in the morning. So um, no, it's it's been great. There's. Uh, plenty to do and I've, I'm only living about five minutes away from the Kingspan um, which is also about five minutes away from town and then five or ten minutes away now down to the sea to walk the dogs along the beach and stuff so it's a, no it's a, re- it's a really nice lifestyle and um, it's it's a definitely a lot more calm than, than Dublin is I think it's just just population wise it's a lot smaller obviously but no I'm really enjoying it so far and I mean who have you who have you been paddling around with? was there anyone I suppose you, I presume you did talk to some of the guys uh, up in Ulster before you, you made the move up or made the decision was there I mean like any, anyone kind of maybe your age in, in schools rugby or kind of underage or anything like that that you've kind of hung around with or, or is it the Leinster is there a Leinster clique up there with yourself uh, John Cooney and, uh, and Marty Moore no, no, there's definitely not. Well, it's 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 uh, it's very much diverse now. There's kind of boys from everywhere. So um, I suppose just down the road, um, Stu McCluskey lives only a, a few doors oh, down. Big Stu, um, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, Rob Herring's only around the corner. Uh, John is only down the road as well. There's there's just guys from kind of everywhere, and look, it's it's great. We're on dog walking club and everything. We we go for coffee and and a donut after every captain's run uh, <laughs> in uh, in uh, Darren Cave's donut and coffee shop up the road from the Kingspan. So no, it's great. Like there's always lads looking to do stuff on on the down days and um, 
just kind of show you around the, the places you haven't been and stuff. So no, it's 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 very much um, a good group of guys. Like happy, happy to go for a beer after a good win and stuff, which is which is always great. And um, no, it's it's just a really good inclusive group. Every everyone's welcome anywhere, so it's great. And do you find like that when you're? I suppose when you're, you always hear foreign players when they come into to a club. Not that you're a foreign player <laughs> in Ireland, but um, you mm. just um like. When you are out of your your home comforts, I suppose that when there's people, you know, like I'm presuming, like your Henry Spates or Kutsias, these guys, like everyone says, it's very important for how a club, you know, how how those people, I suppose, interact and how actively they are, kind of, I suppose, hanging around together and doing things. Because when you're away from family and comfort zones, um, you know, that's a mm. big part of, I suppose, settling in is getting a few pals around you. Um, because it makes it far more enjoyable, I think, if you feel like you're on the journey together and you know, it's not kind of a lonely aspect to it or whatever. Is there, what, what's the vibe like up there? And is it different being, I suppose, an, an outsider to a certain extent? Um, yeah, I suppose it's for the first few weeks, I definitely did feel like it's just one of those things. It takes a while to acclimatize to somewhere. But again, like the lads were, were great from the word go. And um, like even someone like Henry Spade's probably the perfect example. He's a guy who just came in probably three months ago and he just fully delved into it. He's anytime there was anything going on, any beers or coffee or whatever, he'd be the first man there. He's probably explored more of Northern Ireland than people that have lived here their whole lives in the last <laughs> while. So it's just one of those people that just loves to kind of experience new things. And they're, they're the kind of people that you look at and you're like, right, he's really doing it right here. Like he knows he's only here for four or five months, but he's making the most of it. He's not just here to, to kind of play on the weekends and and head on home he he really kind of wants to get um wants to kind of delve in and get to know everyone which is great and i have to say the same about any of the other foreigners i've 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 encountered over here the likes of louis ludic and marcel Kitsi and those boys they're uh they're very much uh they they wouldn't be sticking to themselves or sticking in a clique at all it would be very very open group of, of guys which which is great so um, that that definitely helped me coming up here and just before we finish up Jordy just a word I guess on your goals for, for 2019 I'm sure getting into that World Cup squad is very high on the list uh, your versatility is probably one of the biggest things in your favour but do you look at it and say I, I, I want to play seven every week I want to be you know possibly in the squad as, a, as another number eight uh, like what's your mindset because you, you can play so many different positions that I guess some, sometimes it might be a little difficult to nail one down yeah well that definitely has been one of the issues I suppose in the past few years like it's it's a hard one to complain about because it's gotten me in a lot of squads, being able to play all three positions. But in, sometimes it has uh, probably held me back from being selected for for big games. But that was one of the things coming up here that uh, speaking to John Owen Les about, and then speaking with Dan about when when he was appointed was uh, just uh, trying to nail down one single position. And it, and it's been great because I've played I think seven or eight games now for Ulster, and I've managed to play them all in the same position at seven. So that can only help me going forward because I'm not having to chop and change all the time. And, but I, uh, it is, it is obviously great to be able to play different positions and look, I wouldn't change that at all because like I said, it's been very beneficial to me, um, over the past, but sometimes I would like to, to play in one position more than others. And at the moment I'm managing to do that. So I, I've been, I've been really enjoying it. 
Well, Jordy, listen, thanks a million for uh, for coming on. We know you're heading up to the Supporters Club event, I think. Uh, yes. So uh, um, en- enjoy that one. But uh, look, we appreciate you coming on. Congratulations on the two wins, uh, the back-to-back. It's a, they're, they're really big, in my opinion, for, for Ulster and for, I suppose, changing the mindset and getting that winning mentality back, uh, back up there. So best of luck with the rest of the season up there. I'm sure I'll be talking in the meantime anyway, but uh, best of luck and thanks a million for coming on. No worries. Thanks very much, lads. Cheers, Jordy. Thanks. That's all we have time for in the left wing this week. We won't be back next week because it's Christmas Day, but we will be back the following week with another great podcast and we can review all the great Interpro action over the festive period. So until then, thank you so much for listening to us throughout 2018. In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until 2019, thank you so much for listening and goodbye.